بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد we express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we've now listed out the two first commands of the Quran anybody remember the first one Don you remember the first one it's probably lodged in your head and that is be the abd of your rab exactly and everybody remember the second command epic fail failure of the highest order triple fail so it's um to not to not knowingly create rivals to Allah yes and it makes sense that these would be the first commands, right? The first one is about a relationship with Allah. The second one is to remove everything else with whom we might have a rival relationship. Now, now that we've had a couple of commands, the question comes up, what if, uh, I don't know if I should follow this. Ayah 21, who is that command to? And you're all welcome to look. What was that again? Sorry. So I-21 is the first command. Who is being called to fulfill that first command? Who is the command addressed to? Uh, you're on mute, Daniel. Like everyone. like people. Everybody. Yeah, Ayuhanas. Absolutely. The command is to everyone. So what if I'm not Muslim and I don't know that I should follow this? Then we have a prescription for doubt. And notice I'm calling this a prescription for doubt. I am not calling this a challenge. And so once again, let me know you can see the screen. Yeah. So 23 and 24. Prescription. So the command is, if you have doubt, then, oh, thank you. If you have doubt about what we have sent down to our servant, so, and if, if you are in doubt about what we have sent down on our servant to then produce then bring but to be uh, a surah like it we often present this as a challenge if you don't believe in the quran then come up with something better this is a prescription for doubt asim you're raising your hand what's the difference so if your issue is doubt, meaning you're trying to resolve your doubt, that's the person who's being addressed here. If someone says, no, this is not from God, I don't believe it, for them it's a challenge. See if you can come up with something I can compare. See what I'm saying? No. Okay. So if I have doubt in my heart, either about God about the Prophet, peace be upon or about the Quran. Yeah. I'm seeking to not have the doubt. Scenario number two is, I don't care if this is the truth or not. I don't believe it. I don't think it's the word of God. For the first person, the prescription is to go through this process. For the second person, it's see if we can come up with something better. What you're seeing is the process that the person is being prescribed to go through. I'm speaking about the heart of the person being addressed. I see. Okay. Make sense? Yep. Okay, inshallah. Mustafa. Now, there are challenges, actual challenges, like in Surah Hud and elsewhere. Mustafa. So, to paraphrase over here, when you're saying that it's a prescription for doubt, uh, it's in the sense of those that, like, 
have glimpsed some semblance of truth, but they're still not quite there. Yeah. Which is why it's not as much of a challenge for them as much as it is. You need to resolve it. You need to fix the doubt. Whereas if it's someone that like has not seen a glimpse of truth or has completely buried it, because that is also another possibility, it would be viewed by them more as a challenge and it would work more as a challenge for them than a prescription. Yeah, and I would add to the second person that they are taking on an adversarial antagonistic relationship. So this is this is somewhat complicated for me to process because this was one of the verses that when I came across initially, like I took it as a challenge, but I also felt like the fact that I was given like an explicit instruction and the freedom to challenge as being indicative of like um, both genuineness and sort of like the God version of like uh, academic integrity, if that makes any sense. Kind of explain it further, please. Um, I think I understand. So Given my nature, and I also believe the nature of a lot of other humans like me, um, I feel like it's perfectly reasonable for us to have doubts. It's um, in this verse, I feel like it's not like we're not being chastised for having doubts. 100%. Rather, we are like it's brought up in a way that it's accepted, it's normal. Yeah. And hey, if you have the doubts, do this. Yeah. Like it is going to be a challenge for you. You're you're not going to be able to succeed it and succeed at it. And it is like explicitly mentioned. But you uh, have to go through the if process. You're yes. being truthful. Yeah. If doubt is your issue. Yeah. And so the key point here being like if if you're actually being truthful. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like if anything, that was like a very reasonable as well as like a very honest thing to direct someone to do which made me after going through the rest of the quran like all in essentially Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for that so what is the prescription the prescription is one Bring a surah. And we'll talk about what's being addressed there. Two, bring witnesses. Other than a law. So bring a surah that can compare. That would be subjective. (laughs) To make it objective, bring other witnesses along who would agree. Okay. So... We often jump to I-24 saying, okay, you're not going to be able to do it. Before getting to that, this is the exercise that I have, if I have doubt, I have to go through. And so explicitly, what is the prescription? Once again, one, bring a comparable surah. Now, here is where we get into the strictness or the fluidness of the terms. Surah could be referring to any sort of discourse. Oh, what does the word surah mean? Anybody know? Or let's make it easier. What does ayah mean? That's an easier one. Ayah means igin. No, so ayah means sign. Yes. So like a sign or symbol, everything is an ayah of something. Surah, its root is the word sur, which is referring to like an old wall, a fence around a city. And so think of each surah as a city of guidance, a city of knowledge. And so bring a discourse compared to what? So this is a subtle point. Fatu bi suratim mithlihi. 
if we're comparing it to al-Baqarah, uh, Mustafa, what should this say? Mithli. Say it again. Mithliha. Mithliha. As well as so, both are feminine. This mm -hmm. is masculine. So here, the he is the Quran. So bring a discourse that can compare, that can compete with the Quran. Okay. And bring witnesses that agree. And then the third term is you have to be truthful about your doubt. If doubt is not your issue, then this prescription is not for you. This is not your medication. That is the explicit instruction. What is the implicit instruction? That if this is truly from a law, you're not going to be able to produce anything that can compare. Okay. So implicit. Oops. Implicit. If this is from a law, then you can't reproduce it. By reproduce, I'm saying come up with something that can compare. We haven't said how yet. But what else is implicit here? You are being invited to use your full brain power. And that is usually what we don't think of when we think of religion, right? Very often we associate religion with shutting off your mind. Here, you're being prescribed to use your full brain power. Use your full intellect, which means you come up with something or you read everything to come up with something. You are literally, your mind is being fully empowered. Good. What else is implicit? What are you comparing? If I was an Arab of that generation, one of the things I'll be looking at will be the miraculous nature of the writing, the profoundness of the, of the, of the verses and such. But what if I'm not an Arab? Or what if I'm not that advanced in my Arab eloquence? Then essentially what am I looking at? The depiction of reality. Does, can I come up with something as big that makes it makes as much sense? One of the things you take for granted that uh, if you're raised as Muslim uh, is how much everything makes sense, right? Especially when you compare with other traditions. And yeah, uh, most of I would agree the the language the rhetoric also if that's a skill set you have to compare so. uh danya you had your hand raised uh two things one i don't i don't think i understand what being truthful about doubt means um so if you could expand on that so and then, yeah sorry go ahead. No, no, no that's your second question um kind of bringing that up if you're Arabic speaking at the time or not I feel like if I wasn't Arabic speaking I wouldn't I mean if there wasn't like a translation of what was being said this would be it would go over my head okay so so regarding the the first point about being truthful so the last uh, uh the last phrase in the ayah is in kuntum sadiqeen if you're truthful. So. Meaning, if doubt is your actual issue, 
maybe you don't want to believe. But you might be telling yourself, you might be pretending that you doubt. What we're going to see very soon is a similar thing uh, when uh, Allah is going to speak about his use of metaphors. And then the kafirs are going to say, well, what does this metaphor mean? As though they want an answer. With 30 kafirs, they don't care about an answer. Gotcha. Okay. So, regarding the the other point, so let's say I'm Salman al-Farsi, right? And, you know, so I'm not a native Arabic speaker. Uh, I may not have the appreciation for the eloquence of the Quran, right? That was one of its big draws for many people, or one of the big issues for many of the people of Mecca, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reciting these words of poetry that are just astonishing. I don't even know in contemporary art what we would compare it to. Yeah, because, I mean, we'd have to have revelation to be able to compare it. But they had such a respect for the use of language. I mean, or a side point, generally speaking, uh, in terms of anthropology, is anybody here an anthropology major in your past lives or anything? I did, actually. Oh, mashallah. Okay, so... So there's this thing, I forgot who did, did this, Some did, somebody did a study of the different cultures that have been studied and found that a common thing across cultures uh, is that everybody seems to respect articulate people. So this is definitely true of the Arabs at the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, to the point that their primary art form, as you know, was poetry. And poetry is all about the command of the word. And the the rhetoric of 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 the word. If you ever gone through any jahili poetry, some of that stuff is very is very powerful, right? And I'm saying this as a, a somewhat learned, you know, Arabic reader, teacher, blah. But uh, so the point is that the Quran was off the charts for them in terms of just the words that the Prophet peace be upon was using, even before getting into the meaning. That is something that I do not have uh, uh, the skill set to appreciate. Salman al-Farsi may not have had the skill set to appreciate that, right? But Abu Bakr definitely did. Omar definitely did. Abu Sufyan definitely did. Abu Jahl definitely did. To the point that, you know, I think we might have mentioned in a previous class, at night, Abu Jahl and Abu Sufyan used to sit outside the Prophet's house, peace be upon him, just to listen to him reciting as he's praying, as he's doing the hajjud. And then there's the famous moment where they ran into each other. They're like, yeah, we don't need to tell anybody about this, right? And I guess Abu Sufyan probably shared it later on that, you know, they saw each other. And and so such was their appreciation for good rhetoric that they would stay up at night just to listen to it. So, make sense? Yeah, it does. Thank you. So... Um, I feel like respect for articulation isn't the case in modern America. Yeah, the only had language at the time to be proud to preserve it, so they excelled at it. Yeah, I mean, so much was was part of 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 language, even the fact of your reputation, right? That keeping your oaths. One of the things that the Arabs of that time were known for was how much they 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 gave weight to a person's oath. You know, I think it's all for reasons they appreciate language. Yeah. yeah. So that's the prescription. And we've been speaking about metaphors, metaphor for gratitude, metaphor for anger, for water and fire, metaphor for fears like lightning. The metaphor for doubt in faith is that you have, oh, nice point, is that uh, you have a beautiful mansion, but you know that there is this leak in this one pipe or there's this leak in the roof small small leak small enough that maybe you don't have to pay attention to it but you know it's there but if you don't pay attention to it for too long of a period of time it'll seep into the wood it'll seep into the concrete it'll seep into everything and at some point your house is going to fall apart and that is the nature of doubt that if you don't address it, it's deadly going to spread. So I had a student today, I may have mentioned to her before, or mentioned her before, or a similar student before, uh, where 
she's very very stuck in what if questions about dean what if there's no god what if religion's all fake what if this that right and i asked her the same thing i've asked other students in the same situation can you confirm for me that you are real and she had to pause because she couldn't so i said you can't confirm for me that i'm sitting here in front of you and she says well how do i know it's real so then i told her okay your assignment for our next meeting is to decide whether or not you are real now to add more to it one of the points she made in this conversation is she's afraid of her mind and you know as you can imagine she has ocd type issues she has eating disorder type issues of multiple things right and so literally when she's saying she's afraid of her mind she's speaking in all complete seriousness today met again and her answer was basically Descartes you know that she went through the whole reason of Descartes I think therefore I am and even if I'm an illusion even if all this is an illusion there is something that is processing that I can say exists right so her next step now is to list out all of her what if questions about about Dean that'll be for next week inshallah but the point is that if you do not address doubt it is going to seep through your thinking and it's going to wipe out your dean at some point. And I've seen it happen. Like, literally, I'm remembering a student who, you know, is saying, well, what do I do about doubt? And she was probably in her 30s, professional life and everything. And I said, you got to go through this process. And she rolled her eyes. Like, who's going to want to do this? And that was a decade ago. And I don't think she's Muslim anymore. So, either in name or in practice. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> how do we feel about Descartian logic from an Islamic perspective? I mean, Descartian logic is really, really huge. The big, most common thing people speak sure. about beyond this is, I think, therefore I am, as well as the mind-body problem. Yeah. Uh, the mind-body problem, I think, precedes Descartes by a long shot. Uh, he's basically reduced it to a non-religious world where you have consciousness and then you have the physical um, as opposed to basically sort of removing the soul from the picture you know so it's a thing that people still wrestle with through to today in different words right the reason i'm asking is because i think therefore i am implies that angels don't exist because they don't think i don't think it necessarily implies that i think the only thing it concludes because his reasoning was what of all the things that anybody can claim, I can refute it. What is something I can't refute? And what I can't refute is the bare minimum of my existence because of the fact that I have consciousness. He's not saying anything else beyond that. I see. Yeah. He's basically going through, he's trying to challenge all of reality to figure out what cannot be challenged. Right. Okay. Makes sense? So he's saying at, at, a, at a base... The fact that I have consciousness proves that there is something here that I yes. yeah, that's all he's 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 arguing. Okay, and he tries to build from there. But yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Any other questions, thoughts, reflections of this? So the point is that you're literally being called upon and then by extension empowered to use your full brain power. Find something in the entire history of humanity uh, or come up with something that can compete with the Quran. It's easy to say, surely there must be something. That's not answering it. You have to go through the process. And what will happen? One possibility is you find something. Good. The Quran says you're not going to be able to, but let's say as far as you're concerned, you found something. And so there's another point implicit in this. If this is, I should say, if this is from Allah, you can't reproduce. So what else is implicit here? If you can find something better, why would you follow this? If you can find something better, then why would you follow this?
So what will happen? Uh, yeah, awesome. Who gets to define better? You do. Right? You're the one who's going to be, according to the Quran, facing Allah on the Day of Judgment. And then your witnesses. Right, but if I'm... So, if I'm defining better, and I say X thing is better, and I follow it, am I not following what the Quran has told me to do? Yeah, you're doing exactly this. Yeah. That's the point. I, I think thought. this is a pretty ba- a pretty brave... I mean, it's the author is Allah. But, you know, this is a pretty ba- brave claim on page three of the book. Yeah. Oh, pretty but, confident claim. Yeah. But I guess the question is, okay, so so the thing coming to my mind when you say, you know, bring something forth that's better is uh, the way Scientologists think about L. Ron Hubbard. Sure. Right? They would say that Dianetics is better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if they are the ones determining that, then they have said, yes, this is better, and therefore I'm going to go follow it. Yeah. So are they not then following the command in the Quran? It sounds very much like it, if their issue was doubt. Right? So I got a student here whose uncle is a Scientologist. Right? Fascinating. And it seemed to be entirely for career uh, career advancement. Right. Uh, Scientologist came here trying to recruit me, but more than that, trying to get a space in ministry here. Man, that guy was abrasive, right? Yeah. And he's he's telling me that there's something like a million, no, a hundred thousand Scientology followers in Chicago. In the back of my head, I was like, seriously, bro. He said, yeah, a lot of them are Muslim. What he didn't say, because, but I knew and I didn't ask, is that, yeah, Louis Farrakhan uses Scientology as the system of education in the Nation of Islam, like officially does, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but yeah, he says he's a Catholic. Him and his dad are Scientologists. Um, and man, he was abrasive. And speaking as someone who tends to be very tacky and very abrasive, like I know my own kind, and he was like worse, you know, but... Um, but the point is, that's exactly it. If my issue is doubt, and I truly believe I found something better, then why would I follow this? I'm doing exactly what the prescription is. The next side says you're not going to be able to, right? But in my own capacity, yeah. Okay, can you help me wrap my head around this? So let's say I'm really dumb. Okay. okay. Does that help? And it helps me, it helps me put myself <laughs> in your shoes a little more. <laughs> okay, so, so you know, I'm reading this book, you know, it's a self help book, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this answers everything for me, I will follow this, it answers everything for me better than the Quran does. And then two other people come along and say, yeah, we did, so they're, they're gonna go their own way. I mean, it's probably not nice for me to say I'm dumb to do it, but that's how I feel. But yeah, know. yeah. But I guess the 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 piece of it I'm struggling with is the prescription is designed to alleviate the let's call it disease of doubt. Yeah. Right. So, okay, I, I can I can take that, but. If someone has doubt and you are challenging them to go find something better, and then they're well, not challenging but instructing, you or know, instructing more than yeah, yeah. prescribing, right? Prescribing. prescribing them to go find something better, and they say, "Oh, I guess I did find something better." Then, how is how is that a punishable thing? Mm-hmm. So, if a person is genuine, can they be punished for it? Can if I say they go for it, if what? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Can I tell you guys something? I don't know how to raise my hand on here. I'm just going to confess. <laughs> so I'm just like, speaker on. So I was going to say that um, I think the idea here, you know, I, I want to say like um, someone who is like much younger than us, probably the age of like, she could be like my child. Okay. So, like, uh, Sophia, <laughs> anyway. like, 
she's in her teens. Okay. So, um, so she said to me, you know, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know if I believe in it. Yeah. And so, I don't know. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, cool. And everybody else is like, oh my God, what do you mean? You don't believe in God. Like, how can you do this? Like, you know, there's like, like everyone's like, oh my God. So there's all of this, like, <gasps> you know, and you know, she's a teenager. Okay. So she may even be looking for that response, you know, or, or like you could have someone who's older, who's been through trauma and they're kind of like, um, yeah, I don't believe in God. Like they're, you know, it's like this defiant, you know, thing inside of you for whatever reason. Right. Um, and I said, okay, cool. That's cool. And so I was like, you know, she's like, well, you know, like, how do I figure this out? Like, you know, is that, is it okay? And I'm like, it's totally fine. If you don't believe in God, that's totally fine. And I'm like, listen, I don't really, I don't have anything to tell you, except if you genuinely want to figure this out, you know, assume that he's there and ask him if he'll help you. Nice. And if he, then there's nobody there, you know, but I can't tell you because your reality is not mine. And my reality is not yours. And I cannot help you with this. I can tell you, but you have to do this work. I don't have to do it. If you want to find out, talk to him yourself. And then I told her, I was like, I just want you to think about something, you know? And so I was like, think about like, think about like a woman who gets pregnant, you know? And then like, I don't know, she has milk let down. And this child does not even need sustenance from the outside world. God has created a system within the one that her, right? And it just, the baby just knows what to do. Like, do you think like, you know, like if you don't clean your room, it's a freaking mess. How do you, how do you expect this to just happen? Do you think it's just happening? Like, it's just like, oh, like, you know, like there's a concept of entropy, right? Like that is actually what happens if we don't actually, you know, directly do something, you know, she's very intelligent. So she understood all of this and she's like, oh my God, that's right. Breastfeeding, you know? And, and, you know, I just kind of left it and I was like, listen, nobody really has anything to say to you. Like at the end of the day, your judgment, like whatever happens to you is with you. We want you to be happy and we love you. And that's it. You know, this was actually my niece. Okay. I, I, I love figure that one out. Yeah. 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 So, so, and, and I think, you know, um, she went back and she felt accepted and she felt loved and she gave it thought. Mm. And I Tell you this this girl now she's now 16 she just turned 16 this was a couple of years ago she never misses Theravi she just mm-hmm. starts having it in the house so she like does all 20 pretty much all the time she wakes up on her own for Sahur nobody has to say anything she makes her own breakfast because she's she eats super healthy I mean she does not have any doubt in her faith but I will tell you this she also knows that she is not this ideal. My family is very conservative. Okay. So it's like, she knows that confirm. she's not like, you can confirm. So I am the heathen. Okay. So, 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 um, and I'm the accepted heathen. I will say that I am the heathen. So she knows that she's not like everybody else, you know, and she's okay with it. And she's kind of like, why can't you accept it? If someone can, and I'm really proud of her for this, because I'll tell you something like, Wherever the heck you are, be grateful that you have got you have been guided to recognize that you're not where you need to be, because now you know you are on the map and you have somewhere to work towards. Mm. So I think when Allah challenges you, He is actually saying it's kind of like, um, like you know, like an infomercial. It just sounds so stupid, but you know what? Go ahead, purchase this. We will give you all of your money back in 30 days if you don't like it. It's like they know they're putting money on it. They're saying, I know that if you ask Allah saying, I know that if you genuinely have doubt and you genuinely do not like I'm faking it. If I genuinely, if you genuinely have doubt and you ask, you know, I will guide you if you are genuine. And I think that's the answer in this is that go ahead, make a, make a concerted, sincere effort and you will be guided. Mm -hmm. That was excellent. Thank you for that. I mean, supporting your point, all of the next five or so ayahs are basically repeating this point in different, completely different words, that the default is guidance, right? And so even in this context, the next eye is saying, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to come up with something. Awesome. What are your thoughts? That was amazing. (laughs) That was, that was, no, that was really, really nice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Awesome. I was about to go pray to Ravi right now. He was so inspired. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. 
Uh, no, that was really, really nice. Um, I'm still processing a lot of it, but I really like the idea of that. I am still a heathen. That's all. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> look behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might want to look at his uh, his frame there. We got the, you know, we got Jordans that are on display, and they got more shoes, and we have guitar, drum set, guitar, guitar, guitar. Where's the guitar you made? It's right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um. But uh, I'm, I'm still processing it, but I really liked the idea of uh, if you're not sure, assume he's there and ask for guidance. Mm -hmm. That was... Um, oh, sorry. This is also, I think it's called Occam's Razor. Mm -hmm. It's like, you. Do, are you guys familiar? It's, it's yeah. Pascal's Wager, but keep going. No, Pascal's you're, 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 you're... Okay, just say what you're saying. We'll, we'll identify it. Yes, Pascal's wager. Correct. I always get those two. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Assume it and you know, you'll win, I guess. <laughs> so I actually like during the phase where I was having doubts, I did very similarly to what I had described. One of the things I very specifically like had doubts about was like well, if indeed God exists, which I do think is the case, how do I know that God isn't just messing around with us? Primarily because like, I hadn't yet gotten to any part of the Quran where I'd understood the point of anything. And so it seemed like a very cruel thing to just create people only for them to go through this and some of them go to hell when God knows exactly what we're going to do. Um, and so that was a big part of my struggle besides like reading about the purpose, which we've talked a bit here and there about uh, in classes. There was, there were a few uh, verses or ayat that I came across, which like pretty much responded to that particular um doubt or fear that I had because I I suspect it was more a fear now that I think about it more so than a doubt by that point um but there were three verses I had to like look them up right now in order to remember what they were um the there and I like can share them with you if you'd like yeah, to share them, them. Uh, al room um sorry uh yeah so there is al hajar 85 al hajar which surah is al hajar al hijar 15 yeah i believe so i'd have to cross reference real quick uh da, 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 da. yeah sure no this is al yeah, so that would be the first one um, to ascertain that the creation of the skies and the earth and everything between them uh, is not without purpose. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that was one. Another one was al room. Eight, which again mm -hmm. reinforced that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And the two others would be Afahasitum and Nama Haloknekum Abathan. Which one was this in? Al uh, Hajj. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was in Mu'minun, 115. Mm -hmm. And so over here, God actually told us to or challenged that manner of thinking. So did you think that we created you for nothing and that you will not be brought back to us? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's directly addressing that, which 
further reinforced to me the fact that, okay, it's normal for me to be feeling this, to be afraid of this, or to have this sort of doubt, and mm-hmm. it's being acknowledged, and I'm being guided towards how to address it. And then the last one would be Al-Qiyama 36, which is like sort of a, for me personally, it seals the entire thing. Mm. Nice. Very nice. Thank you. So Mm -hmm. I feel like if you do, as I mentioned, and you genuinely pray for guidance, and you are genuinely in doubt and you approach reading the Quran, you are going to find whatever it is that you're doubting being addressed and not in a way that is chastising you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Daniel. So I'm assuming I'm taking this to be different than like um, struggling with certain parts of the dean that like are like things that you just grapple with in general like for example slavery or like the existence of jinn or you know things that you that i wouldn't necessarily classify this as doubt is that correct in my understanding um if we hypothetically removed all those passages then where would such a person be would they be cool with everything else Yeah, sure. But I mean, like, but here's the thing. There are things that, you know, like, I can't disprove this, but I don't necessarily think more about it. Yeah, I don't think that would be doubt necessarily. But it could seep into doubt. Right. So, you know, thinking like the six o'clock class, we have all these ayahs that are gender related. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so... You know, I raised the question, you know, how many, which of these ayahs are a big struggle for a person? And then are you able to at least put them on a shelf, you know, that maybe you'll get to later? Or do you just not accept them at all, right? If you can put them on a shelf, um, a hypothetical shelf that, okay, I struggle with this. At some point, you will have to address it because it'll either shrink as an issue because your confidence and everything else has grown or it's going to grow as an issue and might, you know, veer towards or inch towards rejection. So I'd say on its own, it's not necessarily doubt. 10 years from now, the exact same issue, if left unaddressed, could become doubt or 20 years or 30 years from now. I see. Like I remember, I think it was in this class, not the other class where I made the point that uh, all those of you who are younger are going to see, you know, in your 40s and 50s, a bunch of your peers doing the haramiest of haram things that they would never have imagined, you would never have imagined them doing, you know, back, you know, in your undergrad days. Uh, And part of it is in their psychology, they've given up fighting, you know, given up struggling, given up swimming upstream. The deeper issue is that there are deeper issues that they didn't address. And so, the faith that sustained them is no longer sustaining them. So my point is that on its own, it's not necessarily a sign of doubt. And on its own, it's not necessarily a problem, but it may be something that has to be addressed so that it does not turn into a problem. Makes okay, sense? I'm oh, sorry. If but. So I was going to say that, like, um, you know, as, like, I've aged and matured, I feel like, you but know, still like. still a heathen, apparently, yeah. But still, still a heathen, still a heathen. Okay, so what I was going to say is that, um, you know, like, I feel like, you know, in your college days and whatever, and and maybe like, whatever, just throughout life, and maybe this never ends, you know, you're just pondering these things that don't make sense that are just completely like not, um, they're not relevant to the life that you're going to live before you die and go back to Allah, right? It's just concepts, right? That you don't, that you're like, I don't agree. I don't understand this. This seems like wrong to me. You know, I mean, I could become spring up some topics, but we won't even get into it. Cause I feel like there's some stuff that I don't know, but I think that like the idea there is that, you know, why are we like, if we understand the premise, 
can we, can we have the self-control to stick to what's relevant to our lives? Or are we going to repeatedly challenge something that's irrelevant to us that doesn't have like a, a bearing? Because if you don't have strong enough faith to begin with, and I say this to myself, right? Me dabbling in that, which I already, I don't understand it, right? Is not going to benefit me. But what is going to benefit me is to do the basic commandments of what Allah has asked us to do. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I think it's about the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And the fear comes in my mind of displeasing the, the object of your love, right? And I guess it's also like the consequences. But in order to love, you must know. Otherwise, it's infatuation, I guess you can say. So in order to know, you have to learn his book. And that is something that, you know, if we are alive for another 500 years, we can still continue to learn, you know? So I just feel like, I don't know, like, I don't know Arabic. I don't, I can't read the Quran and understand it. So like, if there are things that are remote, right? Like it's not something that's relevant to me. I I don't really like get into it. I'll, li- I'll think about it. I may research it, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too caught up in it because the, the foundational stuff that's relevant to my life, I need to figure that stuff out first. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, I think it's sort of what you're saying uh, is related to when I get questions about concubines. Uh, <laughs> that has zero relevance. To right. Oh. Life. It can raise, you know, uh, some some questions and such. But if someone's hinging their the weakness of their faith on that point, I think they're aiming in the wrong direction. I think that's sort of what you're basically saying. So. Yeah, Anya, I think so. Oh, go ahead, if it. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, um, you, you know what it's like? Um, I, I feel like I learned this somewhere along the way that like the, the, the uh, trick of shaitan uh, is, is presented as curiosity, right? So it's kind of like, you know, the tree in Jannah that Allah said not to, you know, eat from, it looks exactly the same as all the other millions of trees out here. I mean, I don't understand. Like, I wonder what it is, you know? Let's just, let's just look at it. Let's just walk towards it. Let's just lean against it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like when you, like, this is why Allah cuts things at the roots because we don't stop. Once you are on that pathway, you're going to fall into what Allah told you you're going to fall into. So that's the thing of it. I feel like, you know, by dabbling in things like being like, oh, well, I can go into this setting, but I'm not going to do this. I can do, I am different. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's why challenge that? I don't know. To me, I just feel like it's like, you can you can you can try to understand those things, but when you hit a barrier, just ask for guidance and leave it because it's not relevant to you. You know, that's all. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Dania. I mean, please continue to preach. But uh, Dania, what do you think? I have to reflect on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm a the way I deal with things normally. This is just like me as a person. I I compartmentalize and kind of put it away. And maybe get to it, maybe not. If it doesn't, like, I'm a I'm out of sight, out of mind person, honestly. <laughs> um, like, I literally, I, I love Oreo cookies. And I, it's very hard for me to just eat one. Um, I will put it on a higher shelf. And I put it there. I know it's there. But because I don't see it, I forget that I have them. Life moves on. All, all is well. Um, so that's kind of. I don't know if that's a wrong thing. That's kind of my approach about things that I read that I, I don't know if like, sometimes it's not that I disagree with them. I'm like, I need more information here. or I don't understand this, or I don't know how this mm-hmm. applies to me, or this is just hard for me to accept like face value. Um, and so I'll just kind of put it in that box of it's okay. And mm-hmm. maybe I'll get to this later. Maybe I think uh, both of you are making similar points. And essentially what you're saying is that because it's not relevant, you don't have, feel the compulsion to investigate. And that's akin to what Ifat is saying, that if it's not relevant, then there's no, don't feel the compulsion to investigate. If, if it's not relevant, like there are things though that I think are relevant that I that I grapple with mm-hmm. but but I think those are fewer and so if I like weigh it out I don't worry about it as much because mm-hmm. there has to th- then I rationalize it as there's a limit to my understanding there's something deeper that I don't uh, that I'm not accept or like that I'm not 
seeing here. Um, and then I take that route to kind of explain it. I don't know if that's a, 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 the right thing to do. Honestly, I'd, I'd like your thoughts. You'll, I think that'll come across, especially in shallow when you have kids, whether it works. And uh, so there are a lot of things that even Islamic scholars, big advanced Islamic scholars will, will say, Bila meaning we don't know how. So Allah says that he has hands. He says he has a throne. Um, and and so we'll say, because Allah says it, it's a thing. We don't know how. Right? So uh, it is not possible for 100% of questions to be answered with certitude. Uh, uh, because there are some things, especially when you get into the realm of Allah, that... Uh, we can derive wisdom, but we're not going to be able to come to conclusions on. But there could be legal matters, you know, prescriptions and such, which might be a struggle for a person. And if it works that you can say, well, this is probably beyond my comprehension, fine, may or may not work with your daughter, your son, your niece, your nephew, right? That's where the second level where the rubber hits the road. First is your own self, and next is the the younger people that might be looking to you for answers. But no, there's a lot of things I have no answer to. I'm to have complete clues about. And your thoughts, anyone else? Mustafa. Uh, so I have had conversations before with people where like they throw a curveball at me with some topic that I have next to no knowledge about. It hasn't as stopped well me from as, talking about those things. But yeah, keep on, keep on. As well as not really caring much about it. And it's like we'd go into a bit of a conversation. They'd get my opinion and go like, well, this is what the Quran says about it. What do you think? It's like, well, I'd have to read more about it in order to really know what it says. You're telling me that this is what it says. I have. Oh, like someone who's challenging you? Or challenging us? Oh, you're speaking of someone who's challenging Islam? Yes. Oh, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, and you're telling me this, like you don't read Arabic for one. Yeah. You probably found it in some apologetic discourse somewhere or another. And so. Like, I need to check it first, see what it means in order to make my mind. However, I also, out of all of the topics out there, this is like one of the least that concerned me. The yeah. topics that concerned me, I have found my answers for. And mm -hmm. so I'm pretty sure I would find an answer for that that would be satisfying. If you're unsatisfied with it, you can find an answer for it yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I find that oftentimes, like, there are a lot of things that we struggle with personally based on who we are that might not necessarily apply in general. Mm -hmm. um, like, what one person might be struggling with might not necessarily be what you're struggling with, and that's perfectly okay. If yeah, totally. And the answers to the things that you struggle with that you have doubts about and your doubts are laid to rest, then great, you're at a good point. Mm -hmm. If someone comes at you with doubts about something else, encourage them to find the answers for that within the Quran. Mm -hmm. If they are genuine, they will find something. Sure. Sadia. Um, I think I missed uh, two of the points under implicit that you mentioned, number oh. three. I even added question. more while we were discussing too. So let's go back to that screen. Say that again. I even added more to the implicit. So one is if this is from Allah, then you can't reproduce it. Uh, use yeah. your full intellect uh, and your focus on what? It's depiction of reality as well as its rhetoric. If you can find something better, then why would you follow this? And you must know the Quran in order to be able to compare anything to the Quran. Right. So I was, um, I missed a part about depiction of reality and rhetoric so i'm just trying to understand what you meant by that does it make sense in terms of how the quran says reality works mm. so for example even the discussions we've had about the day of judgment and such where we're saying fundamentally Allah's going to treat everybody fairly right 
uh, and then also that this world is not fair. That this world is morally imperfect. And everything gets completely balanced on the day of judgment. Or just how, you know, the, the book speaks even about the operations of nature. No, no scripture of any other tradition speaks about nature as much as the Quran does. You'd be surprised, you know, especially when you put them head to head. And so, how, uh, so much of what the Quran is, is speaking of how reality operates. And if we look at all the different books as effectively doing that, which one makes more sense? This becomes, like I made the point uh, that sometimes when you're raised Muslim, uh, you don't realize how good you have it until you actually read other scriptures. And you will find yourself thinking, wait, people believe this. The beauties in these other scriptures are beautiful things. Sermon of the Mount is a beautiful thing, right? There's profound things in Hindu scriptures. And I'm saying this, you know, wholeheartedly believing these things. The entirety of the text also means you believe in other things that, you know, from my vantage point are preposterous. Not as any sort of disrespect for those who take those things as sacred. Uh, Mustafa says, I really like if it's point about things being cut at the root. I agree with this thought, but I also have this personal thing where I also think the Quran is written in a gray area in order to get you to think, yes, many Muslim eyes, many Muslim views. Uh, I would check Imran 87, yeah, IS 7, that there are multiple IS, multiple types of IS. Okay, very good. Any of the last points? Can I just say something? Go for it, if but. So I was going to say that, like, you know, sometimes, like, stuff is very much so relevant. It's very critical. And it just, it's like the advice that's given by scholars is, like, right by the book. And I used to, like, kind of think, like, what the heck, you know? Like, are you looking at the situation? I understand what the Sharia says, but look at the situation. And it's like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put these two, I don't know how to reconcile it, you know? Um, uh, like, I'm going to tell you a quick uh, story. So I had a, uh, it was actually my hairstylist. So I'm always very close to my hair with my hairstylist. I don't know what it is. It's just, so she converted to Islam or wanted to convert to Islam. Now she's converted, oh, but sure. she wanted to convert and alhamdulillah. And she's like her husband. I mean, she was 33 years old. Okay. And her husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer and he had like an extremely aggressive grade. Mm. He ended up passing away. Okay. So, you know, she's like, hold on, you know, I, I, I want to convert right now, but what does Islam say about my relationship with him? He's the Mm. best man I know you know, and she's had bad experiences with men. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, you know, I, you know, got into Facebook. This is like many, many years ago. And, um, I wrote to uh, a scholar, fairly young scholar. And, um, you know, he gave me the textbook answer. Like you have three months to, you know, convert him. And if he doesn't, this is a haram relationship. And, and the man is dying. Like, I'm telling you, he was like a bag of bones and he had like a urinary bag with blood. And I mean, it was just so like, but, uh, for those of you who don't know if it's a doctor. So she's also speaking like a doctor, but continue. Mashallah. So, so, um, so yeah. So like, you know, I, you know, and I remember like, she's just like, I can't be part of a religion that does not have mercy for the, the only man who has been good to me. And, you know, and it's like, it's like, it's like, I felt obligated to tell her what the scholar said. And then I was like, listen, I don't think that this is like the situation in which this needs to be followed. And, you know, it was like, she, I, I actually asked my brother-in-law, like Naveed Hussain, and I was like, can you address this? You know? And so, you know, we invited her over, we sat in a circle, this is on Eid, you know? And so we discussed it and it was like, these are the rules and this is what reality is. You have a responsibility to this man as a human being and, and you know, as somebody that he loves, you know, take care of him until he dies. You know, like, it's not like you can't touch her. Like she was, she was taking care of him. And so fast forward years later, um, I took a fifth class um, at one of these Dars something. No, I don't know. One of the Dars, yeah. I'm not even sure. But um, so I remember like I was talking about this and it was very interesting. He's, he was, this is what, this is what he said. He said, there are the rules, right? And then there's the situation. And this is exactly, I, sometimes there's no gray area, but you have to use your mind, you know? Is it more important for her to be Muslim and in sin, potentially? Or does Allah just have mercy on it? Like, we don't know, right? 
but use your head. And if you ask for guidance, Allah will guide you. But I think there are some things they just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense in the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of people who don't have uh, on the ground street experience. And so they only have the textbook answer. So. But I'll say this, I will say this for that scholar, right? I understand what he was doing now. I didn't then. Cause I wrote this huge long like history of it. And he gave me this cut and dry answer because at the end of the day, he is liable for what comes from his answer when he gives that to somebody. If someone is misguided because of him, that's on him, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe in his like, you know. I'll give you, I'll give you relay to your point. And Mustafa, if we can, we'll postpone your point comment until tomorrow. We're going to still be on this ayah. If a stranger asks me a question, <clears throat> they're going to get the textbook answer. Right. Yeah. If someone I know asks me a question, then it's going to be a longer conversation and they'll often get a very different answer. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, very, very good discussion, but we'll have to continue because I'm already over time in the other class. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu la ilaha illa anta nastafiru kanatu. May Allah tell you all, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.